Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. That's the second time it's gone off. Never got home, they never got home, they never got home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. That's... Yeah. <laughs> they have asked for that, really. Well, you can laugh. I'm the World Cup. I'm a little bit of an idealist. But having said that, I want to be like me. The FA Cup may have lost some of its prestige over the years, and when you hear the commentator before the Arsenal Liverpool match, starting with I think it was something along the lines of on a weekend that hasn't given us too many great stories, hopefully this match will deliver one. That does give you pause to fear for the well-being of this great cup competition. I mean, if, if they're saying that on the BBC, on then you know you've got severe problems. But it does still provide... Don't worry too much, Murph. I see... I can sense the fear in your voice today about the future of this great competition. <laughs> I am. I'm very, very, very fearful about it. But it does still provide a lot of fun for one group in particular the travelling match-going fan. Home teams are required to give the visitors the chance to buy 15% of tickets up to a maximum of 9,000. So you end up in a situation like we had at the Emirates where Liverpool's goals are greeted with absolute delirium by a sea of away supporters. One of whom even got close enough to have his head bashed in by Darwin Nunez and his hat thrown off that very same head <laughs> by Ibrahim Kanata. I don't know what was going on there. Hey Ken, how are you? Owen, uh, how are you doing? Welcome everyone to Monday's Second Captain's Football Podcast. So this lad gets on there. There's a big scrum of Liverpool players celebrating. This supporter joins it. Nunez starts whacking him on the top of the head. He really did, yeah. didn't he? I saw some people suggest that it was just Nunez off target again, assuming mm. it was a teammate. Yeah, there were several on target hits. I think he knew I think he knew that guy wasn't part of the I equation. think he knew that, Owen. I think he did. He gave him a good whacking. And then Kanade comes in and just off goes the hat. Yeah. You're happy enough. If you're a supporter that, jo- ah, that yeah. joins that melee well, and that's what how it ends yeah. up, I think that's a pretty good scenario for you. I don't think that's going to... I mean, obviously you can't... I mean, the, the, that what usually happens is that, you know, the players kind of edge warily away from you and that's basically it. Mm. You know, they just like point at a steward, please remove this person. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you're getting whacked on the head by Darren Nunez and your hat stolen by... Ibrahima Kanata, then that's that's a win all round. Sure. I'm sure all the Newcastle away fans also greatly enjoyed their trip to the Stadium of Light, even if their hosts blah, curmudgeonly took down all the lovely black and white bunting and the away the lad slogans that they'd initially put up to welcome their neighbours. To hear all our football coverage throughout 2024, by the way, sign up to the World Service for five year month plus VAT on secondcaptains.com. Ken, please report on some FA Cup third round action. 
every every year I forget to book this day off in advance. Every and every, single and year. every Monday, you uh, for the last four years, you've committed. Told us every year again, I forget to do it. And set an uh, alarm on your phone there, kid. No, you know, don't. I mean, we want them in work. Yeah, it was true. really terrible. I mean, the you know the Newcastle Sunderland Sunderland Newcastle game really set the tone. Uh, for I mean, such an anticlimax, really. Uh, a boring game, won easily by Newcastle. Um, there wasn't even any trouble, you know. <laughs> Not that we condone, of course. Um, there was uh, there were some amusing uh, videos and whatnot of of the Sunderland welcoming committee, you know. Uh, people screaming at the Sunderland fans, screaming at Newcastle fans as they sort of trudged up towards the stadium, um, you know, telling them to fuck off and and so on. Mm. Uh, one of the videos I saw, the guy, the, there was a guy like screaming abuse and, uh, you know, uh, aiming obscene gestures at these Newcastle fans while holding a phone on which you could see every so often on the screen, he was FaceTiming what appeared to be his mother. (laughs) Just just a middle-aged elderly lady uh, sitting there and he was just... uh, Give him hell for me, son. I I wouldn't want you to miss this, (laughs) ma'am, for anything. Uh, I see that the London Times report that Sunderland uh, gave the the, uh, celebrating Newcastle fans free beer uh, in the stadium. Uh, this is after obviously uh, tearing down all their old their own stuff and putting up, uh, decorating everywhere with Newcastle stuff. Uh, yeah, so if you missed that story, that was in a big, one a bar in the stadium the, that the was Black Cat's bar due to welcome a number of uh, quite a high number of Newcastle corporate corporate clients, corporate Newcastle clients. fans that seemed uh, to have a bit of cash. There were to make them feel welcome. They plastered over all their own Sunderland supporting um, colours and so forth and put up messages of support for Newcastle. Convert, converting it to, well. to Newcastle. So they were then taken down. They were, ta- they were taken down because the Sunderland fans didn't like this. But then the headline in the Times says, Sunderland give uh, celebrating Newcastle fans free beer. I thought, well, that's uh, what's happened there. So what happened was uh, the, the Newcastle fans are being kept behind in the stadium afterwards because obviously they don't want there to be a big fight outside the stadium. So let's let some of the home fans disperse before we let out the away fans. This is very normal. Um, but the, the, they continued to drink, obviously. They just won 3 0, and you know, it was only, what, 2 o'clock, half 2 or something in there. You know, they're just getting going. So they continue to drink. And then, uh, so the, the bar, you know, in order to sort of. Um, there's big queues and so on, so they're just pouring pints, pouring, 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 pouring pints, you know, that kind of way. But then the card machines went down. Well, they just ended up having to hand out the, hand out the pints for nothing. Wow. So The final insult. Yeah, and that's, that's the kind of caliber of stuff that we're uh, talking about. I am indebted to <laughs> Adam Crafton. Uh, Adam Crafton, who, as you know, works for The Athletic. Um... You know this this whole thing about the FA Cup, and you're talking about the FA Cup, and here we, we're we're sitting here in Ireland talking about the FA Cup. You know we're the worst of the worst, really. <laughs> you know we should re, we should do an Irish language episode. This is the tra- this is the train spotting scene. You know, uh, you know, the middle yeah. of nowhere. We on the other we're hand, we're colonized, colonized by, by wankers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we should be doing we should really do an Irish language Irish yeah. culture episode every year on the in the Car-glor. first again. Stick it, in, stick it in your reminders. Yeah. Yep. Aislum. 
<laughs> uh, we we have to do a bit of a we, we should be doing that. But instead, here we are talking about this. But you know, the the thing is that even the English hate this. Yeah, right. Yeah. They actually hate it. And uh, I'm indebted. I'm, I'm indebted to Adam Crafton for because I don't want to say he hates the FA Cup. That would that would be un- unbearable. You're putting words in the man's mouth. Yeah, but uh, you know he he was looking at this. There's a sort of a a, a, a kind of a there's a school of thought that says, well, you know, this is our thing. You know, it's like um, this is this is a, one of the essential elements of Englishness. Oldest cup competition in the world. Mm. Yeah, the no. white horse keeps the crowds at bay. Wembley, nineteen twenty-three. <laughs> <laughs> a scene of crowd control. Yeah, <laughs> mounted police controlling. Doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. What? What? The what? League of Late Goals, of course. <laughs> what was the, what was the, the FA Cup of? Angry about it. I don't even know anything about it. I just no. Thought... The crowd. The crowd wasn't angry. It was nineteen twenty-three. The, the crowd were, was. The, the crowd were oh, excitedly oh, edging onto the pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah and there were a few too many in that horse, stadium. I think. Yeah, a white horse appeared. A As magnificent show of police yeah, beauty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's and that's why we love the FA Cup. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> so uh, that's anyway. only just over a century ago. So. But but people are always telling Adam Crafton that the FA Cup is great. Um yeah. so he he just had a look at the attendance figures to see um do people you know, do the attendance figures reflect that what I'm always being told that people actually love this? Uh, and apparently no. Uh, just in terms of um, uh, the attendance for the FA Cup games appears to be well down on you know the mm. championship games uh, the previous weekend. So it's packed out with away fans. No, but the, if the, it was packed out with away fans, it would uh, still be packed out. That's there why there would still yeah. be more people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why they're more than happy to give fifteen percent of their tickets to. Uh, away fans stupid enough to attend FA Cup games. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, some of the away fans had a bit of a laugh. To be fair, the Newcastle fans, the Liverpool ah, fans, yeah. certainly, it was a bit of a. They were. Oh, there that's were what I'm saying. And when moments happen, when Liverpool scored those goals, they're celebrating them at least as much as they would in a Premier League match. And maybe it's oh, because yeah. you're swept up with the, with those away supporters. It's just, it's a different different dynamic. Well, it was it, to, be, to be fair. The, one, the Liverpool Arsenal game was a big game, yeah. and it's kind of. Um, it's it's it has a sort of symbolic importance beyond like the importance of avoiding a replay, you know, which yeah. was obviously the it's main. It's like basically the, the Korean War, you know. It's you know it's a, like it's a proxy war. Well, you know, you know, a lot of people died in the Korean well, War. Well, I mean, Earth, yeah, that know? is that is a, true. That it was is a pretty true. I'd major like to war. Apologize to all uh, veterans <laughs> with of the lasting Korean consequences. War. But um, you know the point I'm basically trying to make. I saw that Korean movie there the other day, um, Past Lives. Oh yeah, very good, isn't it? You thought so? I really enjoyed it. Ken hated it. No, I didn't hate it. But I saw that it was it was lauded as like the movie of the year. No, so, yeah. It was very Sally Rooney-ish, I thought. Quite Sally Rooney-ish, yeah. I but think she, she possibly could file a suit. <laughs> <laughs> Young people have complica- complicated uh, love lives. And you think Sally Rooney now has the copyright. <laughs> oh, Annie Wood writes out a thing that has young people, not even that young, just, you know, people in their 30s having second thoughts about their I think I think these past lives crowd definitely... Slap! Lawsuit! I think they definitely have read uh, a few Saturday Rooney books. Who hasn't, Ken? Um, She's a literary force to be reckoned with. So, Stephen Quinn emailed in, Ken. Oh, yeah. This should further your love of the FA Cup. Ken introduced Craig Hope on Friday's podcast as a North East correspondent for the Daily Mail. 
who proceeded to talk about Newcastle for 25 minutes. An opportunity was missed to talk about a Sunderland team who have a genuine chance of winning this huge derby. Again, this email <laughs> sent in before the match. The only Sunderland player, past or present, that was even mentioned throughout the episode was Adam Johnson. Sunderland have an exciting winger, Jack Clark, a subject of Premier League interest from Burnley, who will take on the Newcastle defence. And with the form and fitness... Consist- okay, it goes on for loads of reasons that Sunderland are going to beat Newcastle. I have a chance of beating you. Have a chance of beating. Ken didn't even ask Craig who he thought would win the game at the end of the interview, even though Ken described it as a massive game. Craig shoehorned in a tongue-in-cheek prediction of a Sunderland win. Looking forward to hearing Craig on the show Monday when Sunderland win. Regards a very disgruntled Sunderland supporter, Stephen. Well, um, you you jumped the gun there, Stephen. Um, but also you missed the gun. You missed the starting... Uh, Whatever the yeah uh, yeah yeah, because we already talked about Sunderland with Jonathan Wilson, Sunderland journalist, Fre- Freeman of the city of Sunderland. I, I think is he? What he can graze his sheep? Throughout, I, I think uh, he's got uh, some, on the Commons, or is it? A, he's an honorary. He received an honorary doctorate from the University of Sunderland. I think that's did he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the most impressive. Yeah, yeah. So he, we talked to him uh, the previous week about Sunderland. So I just kind of felt, not it wasn't just about Sunderland, but we talked about Sunderland among other things. So I just kind of felt, well, you know, we've there's only a certain amount of talking you can do about Sunderland. If let's see how Sunderland do in the game, mm-hmm. you know, and unfortunately they, they didn't do very well at all. It was the game was a, was a sort of a non-event, and yeah, I, think, I mean Sunderland are sixth in the championship. There and all of the teams above them. We have spoken about less on the show in the last six months. Well, Leicester, what, what, Ipswich, Southampton, Leeds, West Brom. I mean, Leeds. Did you see Patrick Bamford's well, ball? Oh, I, mean, I mean, what a goal. Patrick Bamford. Yeah, that was... James uh, Bamford. That was... It was. It was... Like uh, the James Rodriguez goal. Similar to that, that famous goal in the World Cup. Controlled on the chest, spins. But more... But better, because there was a sort of a, a 270-degree turn by Bamford, you know, whereas Rodriguez was, was sort of facing the right way. You know, he just said to... But there was a similar um, f- flowiness mm. about the action. You know, wouldn't you agree, Kieran? Flowiness, yeah. Flowy, yeah. It was a, it was all flowy. <laughs> uh, it was lovely. lovely it was a beautiful goal. goal. It was a magnificent goal. Um, you know, Ipswich, of course. Kieran McKenna's Ipswich. They're yeah. into the fourth round, of course, aren't they? I think they are. Um, what else, Owen? Where were we? Oh yeah. Um, I suppose we should talk about the game that was on yesterday. I mean, it's like the uh the let's who can avoid a replay can these teams avoid missing a replay which will mess up their winter break uh game and i i mean when jurgen klopp uh took off curtis jones and harvey elliott and put on bobby clark and connor bradley it did sort of look like he was i'm pulling the plug here okay lads if we can't win this let's at least make sure we lose um but, of course, it didn't happen that way. They went on to win from that point. Uh, Connor Bradley was excellent. He was really good. And, and I wonder how important that's going to be um, for Liverpool because of this. I mean, who do they have who can play? Obviously, they've got Joe Gomez who can play right back if Trent Alexander-Arnold isn't playing there. But now they have maybe Bradley. Looks like he could be a pretty um, strong option as well. I mean, the, the transformation in their uh, situation from this point last year is incredible. Mm-hmm. So at this point last year, they were like a moribund team who were who had lost to Brentford. They they drew with Wolves in the 
the third round of the cup, then they, they beat them in a replay. Then the prize for that was getting to play Brightford and get absolutely smashed. Uh, Bright, Bright, Brightford? Brighton. <clears throat> to play Brighton and get smashed by them. Who was uh, Brighton also beat them in the league. Um, they, you know, they were. this was this mm. awful period they were going through. They just looked so tired, so kind of like they, they fed up, like they completely had it and they were going nowhere. And how's he going to, how's he going to fix this? How's he going to, how's he going to rebuild this? Um, Klopp himself, I thought, looked really, I don't know. And now you see him, yes, I've never seen, I've, it's a long time since I've seen him in such a good mood. You know, I mean, why wouldn't you be if the team is playing uh, this way? Well, last week when the cameraman found his wedding ring. Oh, yeah. That, as well. It's all coming up uh, Klopp at the moment. But, you know, the when you go back, I mean, it wasn't, the, their spell last season, I mean, they were, they were really bad this like this time, exactly this time last year. But it went on, remember they, they, um, they were in Europe, they played Real Madrid, they got destroyed by Real Madrid. Then they came back, uh, they beat Manchester United 7-0, which was a kind of a freak. Well, no one was expecting that at, that at that point. They then lost the next three matches in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, after, after winning 7-0, they lost their next three in a row. So it was like this team. And what happened then? Arsenal came to Anfield. And Arsenal went 2-0 up at Anfield after half an hour. And, this, and we're like, this is it. You know, we're going to do it. Uh, that was the point at which Jurgen Klopp finally conceded that I had been right years earlier about Trent Alexander-Arnold's best position. He changed the position in that game. They came back to two all. 30 matches, including that game since then in the league. One defeat, and that was the um, the Tottenham nine-man nine VAR game. Uh, so one defeat since that game in April. Um, Arsenal have lost seven since that since that day in, in 29 which is like a, a huge uh, turnaround in fortunes in, in relative for, between Liverpool and Arsenal but watching Alexander-Arnold um, yesterday he is a he's such I, I honestly think uh, he's not just a very good midfielder he's one of the best midfielders in the league in a particular way um, you know there was this whole thing of um, oh uh the space, the the fullbacks are the players who have the space. And actually, with Alexander Arnold, with his, I mean, what's he, what's he really good at? Kicking the ball. Basically, he can, he kicks the ball as well as anyone you know around at the moment. That's. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's just that you're looking at me with that sort of supercilious smirk, <laughs> and I'm thinking, what? A, no, it's, I mean, it's kicking pretty the simpli- ball. Yeah, it's a pretty simplistic. I mean, a lot of footballers are very good at kicking the ball, but have we ever seen one as good at kicking a ball? Than Trent Alexander. Well, Tr- Kevin De Bruyne, James Ward-Prowse will be up there. I mean, there are play- there are players. Lothar Matthias. There are different dimensions of generation of being a of being a great footballer. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, dribbling I would say is quite different from kicking the ball. Yeah, is he a great dribbler? I mean, he's he's fine, I suppose, but he's not not outstanding in that uh, department. You know, mm. there's lots of different aspects, but this is the thing. Now, if you if you if you're really good at that, where should you play? Is is right back, is fullback actually a good position because you've got more space to kind of, uh, well, actually, um, where he's playing now is a position which gives him plenty of space to do it. And what he's doing is kind of essentially almost moving into the, moving in front of the opposing midfield and playing the ball over or through them, right? Which is very, which is a very difficult thing to do, which he's brilliant at doing. I mean, in this game uh, yesterday, the really impressive part of Arsenal's uh, performance was their press in the middle of midfield. 
So they didn't, it wasn't like they, they did, uh, they caused a couple of, they did a couple of clever things with throw-ins early. Uh, you know, one, they had a couple of chances from this kind of quick throw-in to the byline and Odegaard was sort of, was in. And then they had a, a press where I think Saka won the ball off Gomez. That's the one where Havertz cut it back and Odegaard ended up hitting the bar. Um, but mostly they were winning the ball in the middle of the field when Liverpool tried to play the ball forward. And, you know, Jones or McAllister or McAllister or whoever was kind of getting sacked in possession and Arsenal. These are the chances that Arsenal, uh, Havertz mainly ended up missing. And Arsenal should have been winning the game 2-0 at halftime. And the reason they weren't is because Havertz, I mean, Odegaard should have scored the one obviously where he hit the bar. But Havertz, come on, (laughs) you know, come on, like. What is what are you doing? Like the 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 way that he missed the chances was so bad. There, there was two two in particular. Both of the were both set up by Odegaard. The Ode, the 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 first one was worse. Odegaard played the ball to him, uh, having done really well. Um, and Havertz has a chance to hit the ball with his left foot first time. Just hit it, and then and but instead it's like, oh, is the ball a bit too far behind me? Why don't I control it and then control it again? And suddenly the whole, the box is full of players and there's no room for a shot. Um, the second one, again, the ball comes to him on his left side. He takes a really bad touch and then he's too far wide. And then and you're just like, well, this is just, this is pathetic. You know what I mean? It's really pathetic. This is a, this is a £60 million player. It's a, you know, they have that song. They, they literally, Arsenal fans, see, Arteta said after this game, um, because everyone's going nuts saying, oh, we need a striker, right? Even Ian Wright, you know, Ian Wright is kind of the, the king of the Arsenal fans now. And he sits there and he tweets during the game, we need a killer with a picture of himself. So it's like, he's kind of mm. joking in a way. Like your killer is here. This this seems to I be- I don't think the, he's really joking though. I think- Yeah, no, he's, he's making, he's yeah. basically saying these fucking guys. Uh, I mean, he, he's not a negative- uh, He's not a negative poster, uh, Ian Wright. You know, he doesn't tend to really go at go at people. He's no Joey Barton, let's say. You know, he's not that type of person. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's 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 ta- he's talking about. He's basically saying what every other Arsenal fan in the stadium is saying. We, why do we not have someone who can score? And Arteta says after the game, he was asked, "Are the fans right to like demand a goal scorer, demand a signing?" And his answer was. He says, what I beg the supporters is to stay behind the team. Um, basically, it, we have to support the players that we've got. And, and, and you know, because they're good players and they wouldn't have got into this position if they weren't good and blah, 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 blah. And we just have to keep uh, making chances and, you know, eventually the ball will go in sort of thing. And I don't know. I mean, on, on, on one level, that's sort of true. Is Arteta really just saying? He also said, uh, one thing is what we want. Another thing is what we can do. Right, so there was an element there of, look, we've actually we don't really have that much money to make a signing. We don't have m- enough money to make the mm. kind of signing we want. I did see some quotes from Ivan Tony as well, who is the one that's been linked most heavily, mm. uh, saying talking about how much he owes Brentford and how overjoyed he was to see the fans still singing his name during his absence and all these sorts of things. So mm. it doesn't sound like he's he's making the kind of he's certainly not going to get a move by forcing his way out of the club. In, in the time honored tradition, no, but but you know he's in, in his position. I mean, I don't I don't really feel as though Ivan Tony can come back from a 
from a what eight month gambling ban and say I you know I I'm, I'm tired of this rinky dink. So, <laughs> no, he's you know he's going to he's going to match my ambition. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to sort of behave himself. Now, securing the knowledge that his contract is running out in eighteen months, and you know that means that certainly by the summer, Benford will have to look at doing a deal. Really, yeah. Um, but the. Uh, Why is Havertz more of a frustration for Arsenal fans than Nunes for Liverpool fans? Well, because there's a, there's a few reasons for that, but one is that Liverpool, first of all, Nunes is much better than Havertz, right? He, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Like Nunes he's is much more of a force in the game in well, games that he's playing. I mean, this is what you're. This is ultimately what you what the job is. I mean, you would like Nunes to score more goals. I mean, he nearly scored a couple of goals. <laughs> Uh, in his in his usual, I mean, he nearly scored one brilliant goal. You know, the one yeah. the one just went wide of the far post. Nearly never pulled a calf, though, Ken. No, but but at least he 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 managed to miss his chances in a more more impressively than Havertz. <laughs> there is like there are ways to miss chances that are less annoying than others. Well, you know, when you just sort of crumple, it's like the yeah. balls come when to you me. Don't oh no, shoot. I don't have the confidence to shoot. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, this is something that Nunez has never been. No one has ever accused him of. Right, he will fight anyone who accused him of yeah. that, but he's never done. He's never lacked the confidence to just have a shot. Um, but the, the but Havertz is like is a is a is a big mistake, basically, Arteta. Mm. Oh no, he's I've signed the wrong player. I've uh, and and when you look at it, it's it's it really has been a bit of a mess. Their, their business in the summer looks worse every time. Did you see that Shaka has just been named the best midfielder in the Bundesliga? is right? having this amazing season, which is just a continuation of what he was doing last season. He was one of Arsenal's best players last season. Right, he'd finally turned into like the, the sort of mature Shaka who doesn't get sent off every uh, few weeks or whatever, you know? Most of his red cards were concentrated in the earlier part of his Arsenal career. He hadn't been booed off by the Emirates in like at least three, four years. Even the most recent one that I remembered, the one that was on the Amazon documentary, was one he had to make. Against Jota. Yeah. I remember that one. Um, and, and it was kind of a... It was a sort of it was a sort of a weird one that red card, and it was a professional foul red card rather than it. Although he also did kick him in the chest, but you know it was it, <laughs> maybe you don't have to kick a man in the chest. <laughs> but he took one for the team, as he opposed to some of the other ones. A hell of a uh, picture yeah. here, Rod. So, a so, professional foul that also included <laughs> a kick to the chest. Maybe I'm misremembering it slightly, and Ken is filling me in on the detail. But I mean, compared to some of his other red cards, yeah. that have felt more like he's taken one for himself. Yeah, he not taken one. For, one for he the took team. one for the team, but he also gave one for the team. Apparently. When you when you think about it, though, like he was a a, a big. player player to let go and okay so he was 31 years old um he's you know he'll be 32 this year i think maybe he's 30 maybe but like i didn't think he was showing signs of slowing down like he still seems to be very much the same shaka of the previous um couple of years he's become really important you know if you he he actually does have a a big and quite warm personality i don't know if you are familiar with his personality on grand shaka well, again, through that documentary, he's, he was about the only one who seemed to answer any questions that Arteta would almost rhetorically pose in meetings. Yeah. They're all very quiet besides, well, Ramsdale. And maybe that was maybe that was why he no longer plays for us. Ramsdale also might not no longer play for Arsenal soon. I think that's exactly the, that's more or less the same thoughts that, the same way my thoughts were going on. You see these two big, quite big personalities. Like Ramsdale, for example, I don't think Ramsdale is like a great goalkeeper, but is he really any worse than Raya? No, I mean, this is the, he's replaced Ramsdale with Raya because Raya conforms more to his idea of what a goalkeeper is. But Raya is not, like, brilliant. He's not like Alisson, 
You know, he's not like, uh, wow, we've we've it's an upgrade. We all liked Aaron Ramsdale, but this guy's better. You know, it's like we all like Ramsdale. This guy seems like a coach's favorite, and he's not really. He doesn't really seem that much much different. Um, maybe there the were things that happened with the sort of chemistry side. Meanwhile, he brings in Havertz, who's like a, not exactly like the. You know the way there's that sentence. Uh, he's no wallflower. Well, Havertz is a wallflower. You know what? Whatever that is, a wallflower. You know, someone who's kind of standing off to the side, and that's Havertz, right? And, that, and he's kind of been like that for uh, however many seasons since he's been in the Premier League. He was. He has scored a few goals recently, though, right? Like he scored a few goals. I think he scored five goals. Yeah, but um, most of them, uh, well, yeah, they were later in the first part of the season. If you know what I mean. Yeah, like but got one against Brentford there. He's scoring goals from midfield though, right? Luton got one against. These are all games in the last six weeks or so. Got one against Brighton. See, he's a he's he scores a decent amount of goals for a midfielder, but not for a forward. He makes a decent amount of passes for forward, but not for a midfielder. He's actually been playing in midfield for nearly the entire time at Arsenal. He was he played a little bit up front at the very beginning, and since then he's mainly been in midfield. And, Yesterday he was back up front, and it's just oh no. Now obviously there was an injury issue there with, with Gabriel Jesus, but like the problem is, what else could they have done rather than sign this guy? You know he doesn't he doesn't solve their problems. He's not as good as Shaka in midfield. Um, you know, in a couple of years' time, Shaka will be thirty four, thirty five. Maybe Havertz will be better than him then. But like you know, Arteta won't be the Arsenal manager then. <laughs> you know, this is a, that's a kind of a possibility. Um, so I think that, I think more and more that's looking like a real wrong turn uh, for Arsenal. He can talk about like support the players, but they are supporting him. Like they have to, they've got a song that there's a song about Shaka, the Shakira song. No, about not about Shaka, about Havertz. You know, which is like laughing at the idea that he would be sixty million down the drain. You know, he is though. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know how they, it's like when the song is too reactive to trends in current discourse. Sometimes the song is going to have to be binned off. You know what I mean? It's, it's just—it's better just to stick with some, mm. you know, quite simple celebrations. One Kai Havertz, yeah, something like that. Only one Kai Havertz. <laughs> let's not get Waka Waka. Let's, let's, let's not get too. Well, Waka Waka is a good song, to be fair. I, I always I well, she like, nicked it hook like plagiarized, of course. Yeah, well, plagiarized. I was hoping you were going to get to that. But you know, it was it was good. But um, I mean, the the other, I mean, we should talk also a bit about Liverpool there. Uh, I was saying I thought that. Alexander Arnold, I think he's not only a good midfielder, but one of the best in the league. And I think he's kind of figuring out how to uh, how to be really effective. I mean, there's, there there is a bit of an emphasis on sort of long passing, uh, but he's, I suppose he's always sort of had that, which I which I kind of find always find a little bit annoying in midfielder because it's like it's it's sort of showing off a little bit. Most of the game is like simple short passes. That's really what it always should be in midfield, I think. But um, the way that things are going now, uh, say for, uh, the way that Arsenal were playing um, yesterday, for example, they're pressing really hard in a, in a specific central area of the pitch. Mm-hmm. And if you go in there and try and play through that, they will probably take the ball off you. Um, so what you can also do is go through and over that. And that's the kind of situation that he's trying to exploit at the moment. Or, or that that's what he's doing in this new position. So he actually does have time on the ball because he's he's usually sort of in front of the area that they're pressing, uh, but then is able to use this extraordinary long uh, range ability to kind of get past the press. So 
Um, it's working pretty well. The thing that didn't work so well for Liverpool was playing Harry Elliott as the as the right winger. This, you know, obviously Salah has gone to um, the Afcon. So who are they going to play on the right side? They played Harvey Elliott in the first half. Didn't really work. I think the problem with Harvey Elliott there is that he's just a bit slow. Hmm. You know what I mean? So he's not really. You don't have to worry that he's maybe going to go on the outside. He won't. He will always come onto his his left side, uh, inside, which is which is okay, fair enough. But he, he doesn't give the defender as many problems as another player. Luis Diaz played on the right wing in the second half much better, right? Even though they have for a long time liked to play uh, a right footer on the left and a left footer on the right, and Diaz is a right footer playing on the right. I don't see the problem. <laughs> you know, I actually don't don't really see the problem with this. Diaz can finish uh, as as we've seen the, the his goals this I mean his the classic Luis Diaz goal is obviously a big ball is ballooned towards the far post and he gets up there and nuts it in, right? That's mm-hmm. that's that's what Diaz's bread and butter. Right? But also he can score situations uh, where you play the ball through on the ground and he runs after it and kicks it into the goal. He can do that. And if you think about his two goals that he's actually scored, one of them was, was obviously the offside one against Tottenham and then the one against uh, Arsenal. But they're both balls coming through. You know, he's he's right of centre, even though he's, he's supposedly on the left for one of them. But um, he can finish like that. Uh, what I'm saying is from a right footer coming in from the right, finishing with the right. Mane used to play this position for Liverpool in his first season. Uh, played on the right wing and only changed when Salah arrived in the, the following season. So it's something they can do. And I think it definitely, the second half shows that that should be what they do if Salah isn't there with Nunez on the left and and probably Jota in the middle because Jota, every time he plays now, looks really um, looks really sharp. Ken, three points clear at the top of the Premier League, semi-finals of the League Cup, last 16 of the Europa League, a gritty win at Arsenal to advance in the FA Cup. That comes in from our producer, Simon Hick. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what was that? You know, what, what was that? That was Simon piping up. You know, it's, you always know Liverpool are coming good when Simon starts piping up. About it's usually in April, team. though. Yeah, in, yeah. normally he hides it until a little closer mm. to the end. Of the or he said, yeah, Reds. He sends a text yeah. saying Reds. Yeah. Um, no, um, but the, the other thing was just looking at, uh, uh, when we look back at Arsenal, um, how, how kind of, I, I know I was going on about Harvard's and how bad he was. Um, Saka was really bad as well. Um, Might he be a little tired? Yeah, I mean, and and so I was looking also at the at the minutes and so on. Like, okay, so the difference between Liverpool and Arsenal, one difference between them this season is that it's Arsenal who are in the Champions League, which means that um, they've got to play those games. The the European games are big games for them. Whereas for Liverpool, it's kind of like, well. Virgil van Dijk can have the day off, you know, this kind of thing for the Europa League. The, so the result of this is when you look at, say, the, the 11 most used players at Arsenal this season, um, they have played, and you compare them to the 11 most used, by which I mean minutes in all competitions, the, the equivalent 11 at Liverpool, the Arsenal players have played 21% more minutes um, so far this season, right. which is which is quite a lot. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, um, the player at Liverpool who's played the most minutes is Mohamed Salah, um, who's played 2,043. Six Arsenal players have played more than Salah. So <clears throat> uh, Saliba, Rice, Gabriel, Saka, uh, Ben White and Odegaard. So all six of them have more minutes in all competitions than the most played Liverpool player, Salah. The second most played Liverpool player is uh, Alexander-Arnold. Um, if you look at the average minutes of Arsenal's most used 11 players... The average of those players is more than the total that 
Alexander Arnold has played. So he's the second most used Liverpool player. So what I'm saying is, by comparison, the Arsenal squad or the or the core of the Arsenal squad, the guys who are who are on the field who 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 play most of the games, have been really overworked compared to a team which is their direct rival mm. for the title. Like you know, and this is like a, I think it's going to have a huge bearing on things. I mean, obviously the injuries introduce an element of randomness as well. You know. Um, nobody can afford to lose their sort of best players. But when you look at it, it lo- it, it, it seems as though Liverpool have, to have done a much better job of spreading the work among their squad and maybe being a bit fresher for the second half of the season. Um, that Arsenal are, are currently in it. Arteta's talking about this winter break, which they now have, you know, win, a week off, uh, as a chance to reset. But they really, like, they, they nobody needs it more than them at this point. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. What does it look like? A turtle, is it? Yobs. There's an incredible podcast on at the moment produced by the second captains. Biggest load of bollocks. The second captain's show in Ireland. We're now getting to that point now where we are inspiring. The second captain's podcast. Pretty much we've done for the last 20 years. Be role models to kids. Hey, Pat, do you want to split? Fair bit of Liverpool chat there, Karen, but you didn't mention a certain ex-Liverpool player who might be ready to... Don't know if he's going to return to Liverpool, but he might return to Liverpool. Has has Jordan Henderson found that the grass isn't always greener? Well, Owen, a question maybe that that we should have been asking earlier on when we were talking about this transformation at Liverpool is, was Jordan Henderson actually holding them back all that time? (laughs) <laughs> was it in fact Henderson that was the key player in Manchester City winning five league titles out of six? Was he the was he the person? I don't know, but uh, obviously his um, his uh, departure is part of the story of why they're suddenly now much better. Um, I don't seriously mean that he wasn't a valuable player for them for years, but he had by last season become a quite bad player and they ended up being really lucky that this Saudi Pro League thing came along and like said, oh, we'll take, uh, you know, these Fabinho and Henderson on huge contracts. We'll take them and allow you to bring in new players, um, which they successfully did. I mean, it was good as long as you could find players to come in and they managed to do that. So, okay, things have worked out really well. There was a point at which it was like, well, we've sold everybody. Who do we have? This isn't good. But, you know, they've, they've, they've got through that spell and now things are looking up. Meanwhile, Henderson at El Itavac, uh playing for uh, Stevie G. Mm-hmm. Um, the news the news emerges in several uh, places over the weekend. 
that that he's had enough of Saudi Arabia and he wants to he wants to go back to to England. That didn't last long. Well, I think it's one of the most pathetic stories of the year. <laughs> of last year? Oh, well, of Cuz we're in a new year now. How can you how, how is he not embarrassed to do this? I I this well, guy he, has He might be embarrassed. But he might also really, really want to leave Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that could... And he's, he, he, I mean, he has to swallow the embarrassment. Like, yeah. Is he being pursued by gangsters in Saudi Arabia? I mean, what, what, what could possibly be so terrible about Saudi Arabia that would make him want to swallow this embarrassment of uh, just a few months after going there on a contract which is 400 grand a week, tax-free, as long as you stay for two years. Mm. Otherwise, it's a... 20% flat tax still not a huge tax rate on yeah. that kind of cash to be honest um, two years it's only 24 months Jordan well it's just amazing though isn't it like isn't it isn't just amazing I know oh well you know once once you've got a certain amount of money then the marginal extra cash doesn't really make it. Yeah. well why did you go in the first place if that's you know if, if that's the case but once you've agreed to the deal once you've agreed to the bargain, I mean, you're selling your you're selling your career or what remains yeah. of it for like a way above its its, its economic value, yeah. like its market value, let's say. And what did you think it was going to be like? Mm. Like Ivan Yates did two years in Wales, no problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but no, people, like he, he was great. Like he, like he, he just put his head down and just got through it. You know, just, that's, so like if, that's if what most of us it, do. If he can do it, then surely Jordan Anderson can do it. That's what most of us do. We we put our heads down. You know, we put a few cans in the fridge or whatever. Yeah. You know. We we get through it. Well, just you know, you, like you put a message into the WhatsApp group. You know, any good box sets, lads? Yeah. Anyone watch out the good on Netflix? You know. Yeah. And we, we all silently think mm, that guy. You know, <laughs> probably do. We should probably take him out for a pint. <laughs> but fine. You know, you suggest a couple of TV shows. But you get him through it. You know. It's just incredible. Yeah, it's it incredible, incredible to me. It's genuinely you've, amazing. You've made the you've made the deal, and now you can't take it. And you know, a few months later, you're like, oh, c- crying, and I want to go back. Aside from anything else, the team he joined are not very good. No, they're terrible. But Th- like, there are some teams in Saudi some... Arabia a lot better than them. So is it, what are they? They've uh, they've won one out of their last twelve matches. Yeah, mm. there have been lots. A, Sounds like Liverpool. There's often tweets going. I oh, look at the look at the attendance that Jordan Henderson's playing in front of. You know, and it's yeah. never like unless Christian Rallo's team are playing against them. It's not but amazing. You know, like, so, again, what again? What did he expect? I know. Can't throw it forward to his he, coach. He could have found. He could have found this out. By the way, Owen, if if he'd done like ten minutes googling Saudi league attendances, mm. you know, I'll edify. Yeah, and yeah, You know. It would have been... It's well, perhaps he, he backed himself to change all that, Ken, as he was going to change Saudi Arabia society from within. Mm. They're, they're now, he is, he's learning from a, a highly regarded coach. Uh, Stevie G, yeah. I mean, he's, he will, you, he'll look back someday and he will say, Jordan Henderson, part of the Steven Gerrard coaching dynasty. Yeah, he uh, he's learned from some of the best coaches out there. Now, I... I find it incredible. You know, when you think about all the people around the world who are down in mines and, you know, like, this guy, 400 grand, uh, and, you know, he can't, because he's, like, he can't put up with living in some big weird house. You know? <laughs> like, it's just, what a baby, like, what a what a baby he is. Yeah. And, and what kind of person, or I'm what kind of club. I'm sitting here thinking, you know, all, like, you know, 
you know, are we going a little too hard here on Jordan Henderson? No. There's literally no such thing as going in too hard on Jordan Henderson when it, when it comes to this uh, this story. Like, okay. it's just, it's it, there is, there's no... Just stick it out, like, collect collect the money that you sold your soul for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you sold it, and now just pick up some money. This, your soul's gone, so you might as well get the money. Get the cash. Yeah, yeah. Get your bag. That's what that's what all the people were saying. Make your own fucking pile, yeah. Jordan. And that's what he's doing. The that's advocates, doing the people who are defending his decision to go in the first place, are like, you know, he's getting that bag. He's getting generational mm. wealth. Get going, stay and get the generational wealth. Just stick it out for two two years. You know, when you think of the, the things that people do for work, and this guy can't handle two years North in Wales. Saudi Arabia on 400 grand a week, <laughs> tax-free. He is... What, what, what a specimen. We've got one more... XG email. We were getting a lot of these last week. Yeah. Nerd alert! I apologise in advance. Andrew McMacken. Hi guys. I am an absolute sicko because I just cannot resist writing to you about XG. I'm not an expert, but I do think the way in which you discuss it can miss the point. Oof. Its primary use case is as a way of predicting future goals, either for a team or a player. Fundamentally, a team or a player's XG is much a much better way of predicting future goals than the number of goals scored by that team or player. By contrast, it's not really useful as a way to judge a player's shooting ability unless you want to use a much bigger sample size than one season. This is only a flaw with the model if you are trying to use it for something it isn't designed for. The majority of players will fluctuate way above and below XG, but will ultimately, at the end of their career, be roughly even. Huang is finishing way above XG this year at Wolves, but eventually it'll shift back unless he is secretly a messy level finisher. It doesn't mean he became a better or worse player, it's just there is a lot of variance involved in whether shots go in. Rashford was way over his XG last year way under this year neither is an appropriate judge of his actual finishing ability the real skill is almost always the ability to generate XG so this is the real skill in football rather than finish well Mo Salah isn't a particularly amazing finisher in his career relative to his XG he just generates a ton of it there are definitely some exceptions most notably Messi Son and Kane even then that finishing skill is at best supplemental to the real skill generating lots of expected goals with lots of high quality shots. There have never been any great goal scorers who didn't do that, but there have been lots who weren't amazing finishers. It goes yeah. on a lot longer, but I think we've done enough there. No, I think that's the, those are good points. What about um what about Big Ev? Well, he's he's he outperforms his XG, I presume. Oh, he's outperforming the XG, but where's the where's the XG? He's outperforming the XG, but you know, um outperforming not very much. A low a low number. What's going on here, Rowan? Why is not why, enough G? Why is Roberto? Uh, De well, not enough games. He's not in the team enough. What's going on with Roberto Deserbi and Premier Sports' hate campaign against Evan Ferguson? Premier Sports, yeah. What's yeah. going on, Owen? What are you talking about? Premier Sports, Owen. Yeah. Premier Sports. Why are they? Why are they nailing Evan Ferguson to a cross well, of XG? I deny that. What, 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 what's this all about? Well, something about Evan Ferguson not having had a goal or assist in his last nine matches has set tones. Who mentions wagging. that? Who mentions that on a I TV show? I, I literally don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't on at the weekend. Well, sleep at the wheel again. <laughs> Punches pilot here. Yeah, well, Owen, I think in your absence, Shea Given uh, ran Captain of the Titanic here. Oh, sorry, I was, I was sleeping. What happened? Well, it was nothing to do with me, man. I was asleep. Shea, What's the problem? Shea Given ran amok, and uh, <laughs> Roberto De Zerbi uh, said that he needs to, uh, Evan Ferguson needs to improve his level. Well, try sticking him in the team a bit more, Roberto, I would have thought. 
although he did on the weekend and he didn't score. Mm. Brighton scored four, but he didn't. Of course, everyone's talking about Joao Pedro these days. Yeah. I mean, every time I see Brighton, he scores, he bags a brace. But I think yeah. you notice, Kenneth, Stephen Kelly's highlight of 2023 in our, when we were doing our Man City Sheffield United game. Yeah. That I'm sure you were watching at the end of all that football. Yeah. On Christmas week and Saturday at 3 p.m. His highlight of the year was Evan Ferguson's rise. And that comment was made on Premier Sports. Yeah, well, I, I agree so with So not that. everyone's forgotten how, how early this is in the Evan Ferguson story and how we don't, we, we need to remember that he's done a lot better than any other Irish striker for a long, long time at 18 years of age. <laughs> yes, and this... Uh, but, ne- but worse than João Pedro. That's my concern, Owen. It's all this João Pedro, this João Pedro, that. That's all we're ever hearing now about Brighton. João Pedro, I would say, Owen, because <laughs> if, I, if I take a look at... If I take a look at uh, João Pedro, I see that he is um, he is uh, scoring a lot of penalties. Own mm-hmm. fifteen goals. How many penalties? Seven. Eight. Own majority of his goals. <laughs> a, a clear majority of his goals have come from the spot. So uh, if Evan Ferguson had uh, been taking all those penalties, maybe he would have more goals than he does. Mm. Uh, either that or he would have developed quite a reputation as a very bad penalty taker. <laughs> so these are the ups and the downs, Alan. But, uh, you know, maybe you could ask some of your, your Premier Sports stable to, yeah, just, to lay off just our Just cool kit, your jets, will you? You know? And uh, so, so what? It will be his 10th game without a goal and assist, perhaps, his next game. And, you know, maybe that's something to hang the coverage around. But at the same time, he is a young player. Well, how, how badly do you want to sell those subscriptions, on? I suppose is the question <laughs> that we're asking. I feel I'm being blindsided here, guys. Just, yeah, well, just I, I, ho- I should bl- bloody well hope so, Owen. I mean, that's how we like to keep you. Like like, a, like mushrooms, Owen. Mm. Fe- keep you in the dark and feed you shite. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're all about this show. Thanks, Murph. Well, do, I I, if we... No, if you pledge to do better. I don't... I still, pledge to do better and no, then we'll say goodbye to I you. I can't pledge to do better without having seen the footage and seeing whether Ken is accurately represented. Well, Shay gave a notorious ha- hatchet. The truth man, is, I, I only heard about this said. footage secondhand from <laughs> oh, Brown. So, so this is coming second or third. I heard, I heard about the footage secondhand from Brown. I'm assuming he saw my rage, uh, My rage at McDevitt, though, is very much first person. So Yeah. First person confected rage. <laughs> Listen, it depends, uh, let's just, if, if you can say for now, right now that your desperation to sell subscriptions to Premier Sports will not extend to you mentioning Evan Ferguson's nine-game streak without a goal or an assist, then I'll, I'll say goodbye to you. Listen, if Big Ev could score a few goals, then these conversations we be are moot. The, we wouldn't be talking like Thanks, this. Thanks, Murph. Thank you, Owen. Thank Thanks, you, Ken. Ken. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Kieran. Thanks for listening. The Second Captain's Podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network. If you'd prefer not to hear so many ads in 2024, become a World Service member. You will also be supporting independent member-led journalism. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade us of the world outside of that. That's why sports is important. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. 
only from Rustolium.